0: Welcome to The Milking Parlor, a podcast for dairy industry professionals. This episode of The Milking Parlor is sponsored by Novus International for better health and better nutrition. Find out more at dairybalance.com. Massachusetts dairy producer Lucinda Williams ended her term as chairman of the National Cattleman's Beef Board at the 2010 Cattle Industry Conference in San Antonio recently. Incoming Chairman Dan Deersky of Texas praised Lucinda's work on behalf of all the stakeholders of the National Beef Checkoff.
1: She has brought a unique perspective to this Beef Board group, both as a dairy woman hailing from the state of Massachusetts, where there are not a great deal of cattle, but a tremendous population who we would like to have as our customers. And she has constantly reminded us that there is this disparity between beef producing states with not so many people and those states that have not many cattle, but a tremendous number of people. By the act and the order, there is no beef council in her state. And her position on the board represents eight states, Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Vermont. Ran out of fingers here. She is not only involved in the beef industry, she's in the dairy industry, and she has multiple other volunteer activities that she takes part in. Lucinda has brought a fresh set of eyes to the activities of the beef board. She came to us with no preconceived idea of how things should be or how they were. Instead, her leadership style was was one of asking, why do we do the things the way we do? And sometimes it turned out that asking questions was a better way to conduct business than assuming that all the answers were there.
0: In her last address as chairman of the Beef Board, Lucinda talked about how the entire livestock industry needs to unite in the fight against animal activists, we're working to abolish animal agriculture as we know it. Most of
2: our customers live in large urban or suburban areas and are three generations removed from agriculture. We can't rely on plain old common sense or a gentle reminder to consumers that the message they're being told is not accurate. We must actively engage consumers about production agriculture and bring them back to the realities that we face every single day and the way we treat our animals and the environment. We must ensure that our customers understand that our abundant supply of protein will not continue if we remain on the current path. Now, this will not be an easy task given the abundant funding and focused determination of our opponents. The consumer media will not eagerly embrace our messages, because good news does not demand attention or sell newspapers, as they used to say. The funding of anti-animal agriculture and anti-meat groups will continue as long as consumers think that their contributions are helping save a kitten Or an injured dog from a lonely or painful existence consumers need to know that they are funding organizations whose primary purpose is to abolish animal agriculture and decrease the availability of animal proteins which will ultimately drive up the cost of food the funding and effectiveness of these organizations will continue to threaten our way of life unless we work together to educate consumers and minimize opportunities for the media to paint the airwaves and the internet with negative stories. Now, just last week, I read several news articles affecting all of us in the beef industry. The first article said that the Humane Society of the United States, HSUS, is purchasing stock in the restaurant chain, Jack in the Box, in an effort to encourage that company to implement animal welfare changes in their policies. Another one said that the Sonic restaurant chain has announced a new animal welfare policy, which got high praise and encouragement from HSUS for the changes they're making regarding animal confinement practices. I read an article about animal rights activists trying to make consumers feel guilty about eating meat by appealing to people's religious beliefs. They study different faith traditions, and then they try to persuade consumers that it is a sin and immoral to eat meat and animal products that were raised in confinement animal agriculture systems. I also read an article encouraging the American public to use the new term animal factories in conjunction with the term factory farms. Read an article about regulating nuisance odors, and yes, unfortunately, I read another and a long series of beef recalls. And this was a slow news week for agricultural issues because of the hot political news following our senatorial election in our state. We have a lot of work to do, my friends, and we need friends to do this work. As I said, there are too many very well-funded activists out there for us to tackle alone. Our resources are too few. There are many agriculture groups which share similar values, issues, and concerns, and we need to work on developing and strengthening partnerships with these groups. As a dairy beef producer, certainly I see the merits in closer relationships with the dairy industry in striving to combat some of these challenges that we are facing together. And there are many other agricultural groups which we can partner with as well.
0: The annual Dairy Producer Communications Forum was held during the Cattle Industry Conference and Chuck Zimmerman talked with a producer who emphasized that dairy farmers are beef producers too.
3: Here at the Cattle Industry Convention, I'm speaking with Ted Gradanis. You are from California. Uh, Tell me a little bit about yourself and your operation, first of all, Ted.
4: Well, uh, I am a California calf rancher, and uh, we specialize in buying and raising day old Holstein bull calves uh, for the beef industry. At our calf nursery, we raise these calves till they weigh about 300 pounds, and uh, prepare them for entry into the feed yards. And we ship them to various feed yards in the Southwest, in Kansas, Colorado, and Texas. And uh, they feed them there till they weigh about 1,300, 1,350 pounds, and finish them there. So we are a uh, intricate part of the chain of the beef production in the Holstein genetic world. Well, we just
3: uh, are about to complete the dairy forum lunch that's held here at the cattle industry convention what is your perspective on the value of having this type of collaboration with beef and dairy producers uh and and what did you think of this year's program
4: well i, I very much enjoyed this year's f- program one thing that i always like to talk to dairymen about and i asked dairymen i said uh you know w- what is your occupation and they respond to me that uh, i'm a dairyman and i say uh you I mean, well, are you a beef producer and most of them say, no, I'm a dairyman. And then I say, uh, do you have beef cows? And they say that, yes, almost all of their cows become a beef cow uh, and invariably enter the beef production system. So even, most dairymen don't even acknowledge that they're beef producers, but they know that they're beef producers because they say it with their byproduct of a beef cow.
3: Well, so we are trying to foster some collaboration here between different segments of the sort of the same industry i guess you'd say when it, you look at the programs of the checkoff uh, how do you think those have been working especially even for the benefit of those in the dairy industry
4: you know the beef checkoff is a benefit for every segment of the beef industry whether you're a dairyman whether you're a traditional english breed beef producer the beef checkoff dollars are benefits to all of us and every segment of the beef industry. So uh, I remind dairymen that when they pay their dollar for their calf that they sell or that their, their cow that goes to market, um, that that dollar is enhancing the value of whatever animal they have, whether it's a, a day-old or a market cow.
0: Thanks again to Novus International for sponsoring this episode of The Milking Parlor. Find out more about better health and better nutrition for your dairy cows at DairyBalance.com. I'm Cindy Zimmerman. Thanks for joining us today in the Milking Parlor, a Zimcom podcast.